Here's something I found on the web. According to MarlinsBaseball.com, the graphics basically stay the same, but more detail goes into it, not the generic players. Is <laughs> that <laughs> so Alexa? Yeah, I set it to computer. Oh, that's right, right, right. I thought it would be funny. And then it's you... more annoying than funny. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're talking on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the show. Where two brothers talk about candy. I'm Lyndon. And I'm Layton. And this is Hard Crack. So, you ready for Christmas? Yeah, I need to wrap everything. Last two presents should have arrived today. One more for Wayne and one more for Annabelle. I gotta wrap everything. I gotta deliver Carson's. There you go. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. <laughs> and I go over there tomorrow. I have a few things to wrap, but we're pretty much done other than the wrapping of a, of a few items that showed up. Yeah. So, we're ready to go. Did did my uh, all my stuff get there that should have gotten there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an update. An update? An email from mom. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she told me about that. We always had Hershey chocolate candy canes because they were mom's favorite. Yeah, she said that. Um, and then she also said, in later years, grandma liked chewy candy canes. She would stash them for the next year. And in her house, since it was damp, it didn't take very long. And she would also eat them when she came, if if mom had any. And the the little ornament was made by Sarah, and it's a mouse. Yeah, it's downstairs. Mom went and found it. And uh, it may or may not have a kiss in it. It didn't. <laughs> so there you go. Now you can go put one in the mouth of the mouse. So I don't know if a man if if she sent it to you, but she also sent me the Christmas tree story. Yes, I thought about recording that as a special episode. Yeah, I was going to ask her about that. So I will ask her too, because that would be kind of cool. Just do that as a separate. It's a it's a cool story, and it's our it's our it's her family, it's our side of the family. It's older than I thought. I was thinking like maybe her grandmother, but it's her great grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to her, and we'll probably see if we can record that as a special holiday episode talking about the yeah she posted it on facebook a couple of years ago yeah so i'm sure it would be okay yeah but we'll ask her yeah so that's what i have yeah that's our update <laughs> that's the update all right well i guess we can get right into this uh this week's episode yeah number 26? Number 26, right? last episode yeah. of the year. One every two weeks. Yep. And we did it. Yeah, we did it. We had some weird snafus we had to adjust with sometimes, and we did not record consistently, like on a consistent schedule at all. We got here. No, we released on a pretty consistent schedule. We though. did, barring once. Yeah, which was technical problems, not mm-hmm. laziness not or anything Not having like that. recorded, yeah. Some close calls. Recording, editing, uploading night before type stuff. Oh, yeah, like <laughs> record, edit, upload, immediate, like release sort of stuff. <laughs> but we Down did it. Down to the wire, but we did it. <laughs> maybe maybe next year we'll be a little bit more coordinated. That's part of what taking a break's about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Regroup. <laughs> so yeah. today, as you know, if you listened to the last episode, we are talking about... Are we going to welcome people, though? We're going to oh, welcome yeah. people. 
Welcome to the 26th episode of the Hard Crack Podcast. Final episode of 2021. Where me and Layton are going to talk about Hershey Kisses. Not Hershey as a whole, specifically just nope. Kisses. Yep, just Kisses. Just Hershey Kisses. But there's a lot there. Or surprisingly a lot. Yeah. I guess you could say there's a lot there. Okay, more than I expected. Let's put it that way. Okay. I'll give you that. I guess we'll just go right into it. Did you know how old they were? I did not. Because I didn't realize that either. Yeah, I didn't realize either. So we'll get into... uh, Well, I'll talk about Hershey for a second. Lay some groundwork. Yeah, Hershey Chocolate Company, 1894. The Hershey Bar is long before that, though. Yeah, but the Hershey Chocolate Company, 1894. The uh, Hershey was an apprentice chocolatier or apprentice um, confectioner in 1873. So that's when he really started dabbling in confection. But the Hershey Chocolate Company didn't officially start until 1894. Like I said, we're not really talking about Hershey. We're talking about the Kiss. Yeah. So the the Hershey Kiss was introduced in 1907. So it was a pretty good way into Hershey's establishment. Yeah. So it obviously wasn't one of their leading, you know, or not leading, uh, premier items. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, the, the Hershey bar as we know it today was 1900. That's only seven years before that. True. It's hard to say because of how long ago it was. Yeah. But if the Hershey bar came out and seven years later the kiss comes out, and it wasn't until many years after that that the kiss as we know it came out, I would say it's not their leading product. Yeah, and that's the other thing I was saying is the Hershey bar that we know today, which is largely unchanged in like presentation, was 1900. That yeah. doesn't mean they weren't selling Hershey chocolate bars before. Right, like you right, said, right. there is some changes to the kiss after 1907, but we'll get to that. But for the most part, the Hershey Kiss has been completely unchanged. Yeah, after they did some tweaks to get to like what we were just talking about, virtually unchanged since then. And even the tweaks that they made were very minor. Yeah. It's a very boring product from an evolutionary standpoint. But you know what's cool about that, though? The, the, the Hershey Kiss as we know it today... Is 100 years as of this year. Yes, that is true. So do you want to get into those changes then? Sure. We might as well, since we keep talking about as we know it today. So if you're not familiar, a Hershey Kiss is a flat-bottom teardrop, they call it. Yeah. And it's just a dollop of chocolate wrapped in aluminum foil with a little uh, tag sticking out the top. They call it a plume. It is called the plume, yes. So when the Hershey Kiss first came out... Does that mean it's supposed to be a little tiny volcano? No. I don't know why they call it a plume. (laughs) Well, it's called the plume because that's what it was uh, written up as in the patent. We'll get to that. Yeah. So 1907, Hershey Kiss... Which wasn't a kiss. I don't know what it was called at that point. Uh, It was just a Hershey drop. Yeah, I was going to say Hershey drops or whatever. That's not the name, but it was just a a drop or a Hershey, whatever they called it. But it's 
the same shape, a little flat bottom teardrop that there was wrapped in aluminum foil, hand wrapped. And this was not the only product on the market. There were other people selling a very similar item. That's the part that also surprised me. Yes. I figured it I was, was like, very what? original. Yeah, it is not. But then again, it could have been it could have been copycats. Or Hershey yeah, could have or, copied or somebody. Yeah, or Hershey's being the copycat. Right. But the, the fact that there were like literal competition to Hershey Kisses, like, oh, there's other products that are doing this. I was like, what? <laughs> Literally same product. Teardrop mm-hmm. wrapped in foil. Flat bottom teardrop wrapped in aluminum foil. Yeah. So inside this Hershey Kiss was a small uh, tissue paper with Hershey written on it. So it was a piece of foil with a little tissue paper with Hershey, the chocolate, and it was hand-wrapped. Yeah. Well, since there was competition, Hershey, who has always been an innovator of wrapping, yeah. they are noted as one of the people that quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they're noted for what we know as candy bar wrappers today, how they wrap their chocolate bars. Basically, yeah. So they decided... We're going to machine wrap these. Yep. And during that machine wrapping process, they invented what they call the plume, that little tag. If you look at it today, it says kisses on it. Yeah. But the original one said Hershey. used to say Hershey. Yep. Because they were doing it to differentiate their little silver wrapped flat bottomed teardrop thingy from all the other ones. Because you couldn't see it by looking at it. It was branding. Mm-hmm. It you was take branding. the Hershey Kiss, you get a little plume with Hershey sticking out the top. So then you know which brand is which. You could identify the Hershey Kiss as a Hershey Kiss or a Hershey. Even when it wasn't at, like, how did they sell it? Was it just, did they do it in by a bag then? There's not much history on, on how it was sold. Because I was thinking that maybe they just wanted, because like maybe they sell it by the bunch and it says Hershey Kisses or whatever. And then you know that that's a Hershey. An actual Hershey But if you find one individually, there's no way of knowing which one it was until this plume was attached. Yeah, exactly. Because they were the same. They were pretty Mm -hmm. much identical. Yep. They were indistinguishable from each other. So that's what Hershey was trying to... They did two birds with one stone. Like, okay, how can we make these machine wrappable and branding all at once? And that was like this comes together in this like culmination. And that's when they filed the patent too. Yeah. Well, uh, that happened in 1921. And then the patent was uh, filed and approved in 1924. Mm-hmm. So Milton S. Hershey received the trademark for a foil-wrapped conical configuration with plume. Yep. That's the key is the with plume part. Yep. You can make all the Hershey Kiss looking things you want as long as the plume is not sticking out of yeah. the top of well, it. Well, nowadays you could because that was obviously 1924. They lost their... Yeah. Their, yeah. They don't have a patent on that anymore. Yeah. They don't have the... Well, they still have a patent, but it, it's not in... It's not infringible. Yeah. They still own a patent. It's just not infringible. Uh, They did end up getting a patent later on in the 70s for uh, something else. They they changed something, and they were able to do another patent in the 70s. But that, again, is... (laughs) Use the the age-old trick of just barely modify it and get a new patent. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember exactly what that patent was. But either way, whatever that was, it it is... uh, it's out of... That's also defunct. Yeah. yeah. You can you can infringe on that all you want. Uh, but I don't think... Hershey is such an established brand with the Kiss that you probably wouldn't do very well trying to copy it. 
No, it's it's too much of its own thing and too yeah. iconic. Like like we said, we were surprised there was even competition for it when we were looking this up. We were like, yeah, oh. I I was seriously surprised. I thought for sure that it was like an original. Yeah, idea. here's our novel, innovative way of selling chocolate. Yeah. and and it pretty much what you see today is what came out in 1921. Yep, and that's why I said it's kind of a boring evolution <laughs> yeah. because yeah. it didn't really evolve. It just like most candy companies established itself. I guess this would be a candy brand. It's a particular brand from a candy company. Yeah, just established itself and cruised. Yep. And it's still going strong today. Still going strong. And like emphasis on the strong. It's like, yeah, Neko is established brand. It's not going strong though. Yeah. Uh, to put it in perspective, this is jumping now, but they make 70 million Hershey Kisses a day. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a ton. That's probably more than a ton. I don't know what the <laughs> net weight of one kiss is, but it's probably more than a ton. <laughs> Okay, now I'm curious. How much does one Hershey Kiss weigh? Uh, seven pieces is 32 grams. Seven pieces is 32 grams? Yeah. Okay. So 32 divided by seven times seven million times 365. Times 70 million. 70 million times 365. That's assuming it's everyday production. Yeah, if they do that every single day. So 70 million, and then we multiply all of that by 365 which i don't know that that's actually the case but we'll just say it is and then we have that um copy 11 billion 600 grams two pounds i think you did 7 million did i mm-hmm because i got 116 Let me billion, look at it. 800 Let me go million oh yep i'm missing a zero <laughs> just got bigger just got bigger. Okay. Grams, two pounds. Oh, geez. This is going to be ridiculous. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm just going to round that up. Say, I'm going to round that down to say 257 million pounds of Hershey Kisses a year. <laughs> so the answer of me saying it's more than a ton a day. Is, I knew it was more. I just wanted to know how much more. That's in a year. That's ridiculous. That's an insane yeah. amount of chocolate. Per day is 700,000 pounds a day. Oh, my word. 350,000 tons of chocolate a year a day in Hershey Kisses. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> They're pumping up the chocolate. Oh. <laughs> It's weird when you start to think about these numbers. Yeah, it's global scale production. Like, it's nuts. It's insane. Like, when you try and put it in tangible numbers, like, that is so many Hershey Kisses coming out of that factory. It's insane. Well, two factories, but. Yeah, so, like, it's 259. It's two, like I said, it's 257 million pounds of Hershey Kisses per like day per year. But if you take like the population of the planet. Yep. It's a, <laughs> three, a third of a kiss for it, each it, person. It, it's, it's like, it's literally half an ounce per person. Yeah. So like it's, it's nothing, literally nothing. 
What, what did you say the serving size was? Seven. And how much did it what, one seven weigh? 30, uh, 32 grams. So if you take the, if, if that production number is even close to right, and you divide it by the population of the planet, that's half a serving size per person on the planet a year. That's it. So, yeah, the numbers are insane, but then you actually realize, oh, it's global production that they're doing. And then you look at like, oh, yeah, okay. 3.2 yeah. kisses per person on the planet. A year. That was a year. Yeah, that's your yearly yearly consumption is 3.2 kisses each person on the planet. Like, this is like this is almost this little handful I have is almost double that. Right. So when you put it in perspective, yeah, it makes sense that they make that many. But just in a vacuum, when you're talking about 250 million pounds of chocolate, your brain just goes like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, that was a weird side tangent. That's modern manufacturing, though. And logistics. Logistics, man. The sourcing and distribution of that? Holy word. Yeah. Think about, think about where all that cocoa comes from. Yeah, it's insane. There's a reason that there isn't the atmosphere is warming up. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of side tangents, I want to go on another side tangent. Okay. Where are we going? Hershey Kisses, 1907. Yep. Patented, changed their design, 1924. What happens to all these famous candy companies that started in the 1900s? Near the middle of the century. They go off to World War II in the 1930s and 40s? They go off to World War II, yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> seems to be a common tradition. Anything that started before World War II gets interrupted by World War II. Well, obviously. No surprise, the world was interrupted. But Hershey Kisses were not interrupted because of chocolate rationing. Aluminum rationing. Aluminum. Oh, that's a different take on it. They stopped production of the Hershey Kisses during the World War because of aluminum foil. Uh-huh. They need aluminum to make planes. Right. But I said they didn't get rationed because of their chocolate production. Because as we know, Hershey was a ginormous chocolate provider for a lot of military World War II uses, hence M&M. So, yeah, was Hershey requisitioned by the government or did they just get contracts? Because some candy companies and factories just got straight up taken over by the federal government. Uh, it doesn't like say. The Neko factory, straight up, they just walked in and said, okay, we're producing for the army now. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> That's funny because Neko basically didn't stop production. They just rerouted distribution. Yeah, and the reason they did is because the federal government literally walked into their factory and says, this is where these are going now. Yeah. That's it. Hershey stopped production, but they did help in the war effort. And this is where my tangent wants, wants to go. During World War II, since they couldn't make Hershey Kisses, they either were told to or decided to manufacture what they called the D-ration bar. Oh, I've heard of these. Or we've talked about these before. <laughs> yeah. So if we go into the military um, breakdown for the U.S. military's ration system, we have five levels of rations. Yeah. I don't think these are still like that anymore, but this is what No, it this was is like. during World War II. Yeah. This is during World War II. They've since been replaced by what we know as the MRE. 
Um, <laughs> so you have the A, the B, the C, the K, and the D. So the A ration was fresh, frozen, refrigerated food that was cooked at an established like galley somewhere, hall, yeah, uh, galley, you know, military base. Yeah, that was the A ration. It was the garrison ration. Then you have the B ration, which was a field ration, which was very similar. It was canned, packaged, preserved foods prepared in a kitchen still, but it was non-refrigerated. Yeah, camp kitchen. Yeah. Non-refrigeratable. Yeah. Then you have the C ration, which was individuals, which that was a pre-cooked, ready-to-eat meal that you could eat hot or cold. Yeah. You know, canned food. Spam would have been a C ration. Yep. And then you had the K ration, which was, uh, and is very similar to a C ration, but it was designed for, um, s- like short term. So it was something you'd take with you. Yeah. Okay. So it was a an assault ration for like paratroopers and special light infantry forces. They were only intended to be used for a couple of days. Yeah. And then you get down to the D ration, which is what Hershey made. It's just like the they're scraping the bottom of the barrel, just like the crap of the crap. <laughs> the D ration was an emergency ration. Okay. So what they did is Hershey retooled their factory to make this four ounce chocolate bar. In the chocolate bar, they also mixed sugar, cocoa butter, skim milk powder, and oat flour. Just trying to cram protein and calories into this. With a, yeah, a little bit of vanilla and uh, some vitamin vitamin D or C vitamin B B. Okay, no, it was B. It was the only vitamin they could put in it that wouldn't deteriorate the chocolate. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was gonna say like D or C might be more useful, but yeah, and they also chose oat flour because it had the highest absorption rate of the cocoa butter, and it would keep the chocolate's melting temperature high. So it melted at 120 degrees Fahrenheit so they could take it in the tropics. Yeah. And this four-ounce chocolate bar was molded into six pieces, and this thing packed 600 calories. (laughs) That four ounces was 600 calories? No wonder they call it the emergency ration. It probably tasted like crap. Yep. So they basically made a 600-calorie chocolate bar that you could stomach Eat down in an emergency <laughs> uh yeah but they said you could also melt it in uh water to make like a cocoa drink yeah i remember reading about people talking about d rations and they just being awful yeah but the thing is is like all these ration systems we talk about they sound so nice and like organized didn't really work that way oh no there was like <laughs> malnutrition left and right you get guys sitting on a, some beach in the Pacific eating whatever they could find and then like a shipment would come by and everyone like some guy will walk off with a whole crate full of canned peaches for him and his platoon because screw you guys <laughs> like it was the yeah. wild west sometimes it, it was but that was the deration and the thing uh, is is rations and they did save people's lives especially in the Pacific they were used in the Pacific more than anywhere else because they, they were they easy were to get in and get out and yep and they they sucked but they got by yeah. By the end of World War Three or World, World War Three, by the end of World War Two, Hershey produced three billion D ration bars for the war effort. Yeah, so they played a big part, even though it wasn't Hershey Kisses. Full scale war. Yeah, I mean World War One was the first one. World War Two was the next one. Yeah, I thought that was kind of kind of neat that Hershey 
I knew they had participated in the war effort with M&Ms, providing chocolate for M&Ms, which were used overseas. And Winning a war is all about the logistics. Yeah. An army so, marches on a stomach, and you can't fight when you're starving. You can't. Yeah. And it may not have been the best food, but 600 calories in an in emergency- a four-ounce will, bar? Will keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did end up uh, making a two-ounce version and a one-ounce version that they would include in some of the higher-tiered uh, rations. Yeah, but they didn't do Hershey Kisses because of the aluminum ration. The aluminum ration, yeah. yes. It was specifically because of that, not The federal government the says there's no way you get to put aluminum foil on a piece of chocolate. <laughs> there was a chocolate ration. Yeah, no. But that's because it was, all the chocolate was getting routed to the war. Yeah. But they didn't stop production of the KISS because of chocolate. Yeah, they stopped it, it because, because of, of aluminum. aluminum. There's no way that they would let aluminum be used for a candy when it absolutely does not be needed because you can't make a plane out of full steel. Don't work that way. You need yeah. that aluminum. <laughs> After the war, the Hershey KISS goes back into production. And like I said... Pretty much just cruised. Yeah. So when did they start introducing the other types besides straight milk chocolate? Uh, in the 60s. Oh, So they okay. had a long run, super long run. And then in the 60s, they actually didn't, um, they didn't start making different varieties at first. It, there was a guy named John Figi, F-I-G-I, Figi, Figi. But he was the owner of like a mail order food gift company. And he talked to Hershey and said, hey, you should start doing colored Hershey Kisses. Oh, and changing the foil color? That's when the foil color started changing. And you got the green and red. And that for first Christmas? debuted in, in this guy's Christmas catalog ah, for his mail order. Nice. Like, like, you know, Hickory Farms, yeah. that and type of stuff. Gift food packages. Uh, Sort of thing. Yeah. So the green and the red were first introduced because of him. He said, Hershey, we need to get some colors. And then uh, after that, the ball starts rolling. Like I said, in the 60s, you got pastel blues and pinks and greens for Easter. And then in the 80s, they started introducing Valentine's Day with X's and O's and hearts. And then in the harvest time, fall, Easter, they started doing... Oranges. Did you just say fall Easter? Yes, I did. Fall <laughs> Halloween. Oh, there you go. Fall harvest, that's, fall that's Halloween. That's the right holiday. They started doing- uh, Like orange and black and- That was in the early 90s, yeah. And then they started adding flavors. So the flavors are, are relatively new. Cookies and cream, almonds. Uh, dark chocolate, peppermint. The white chocolate one- yeah, and those are all color-coded. So obviously yeah, and the that. plume is color-coded on a lot of them, too. They're color-coded. Well, let's go back to the plume. So the plume said Hershey for a while, and then eventually the Kiss's name got adopted. Yeah. Nobody really knows where it came from, but one of the most like believed stories is it was the sound that the machine made when it was dolloping the chocolate. It said it sounded like it was kissing. Ah. and uh, so it, it kind of adopted the name of Kisses so they decided to register it Ah, okay. and that's when the plume finally changed to say Kisses to Kisses instead of Hershey's after it was like an established brand yeah so they were called Kisses long before 
they changed the plume. Once it was established and they could drop the Hershey name, they started putting kisses. Now the plume is A, color-coded, depending on what the kiss flavor is, and B, it doesn't say kisses on all of them. Yeah. It'll say dark or cookies and or peppermint almond does it say almond i'm i don't i'm not positive on whether it says almond i would not be surprised if it does yeah and then they just went crazy you know like you said they got the almond now they got like the caramel flavored ones and they're trying all kinds of stuff like most companies you get an established brand going and then you start branching out what happens is the 90s show up and Late stage capitalism shows up and brands just go bananas. Yeah. It starts selling to everything because it's, it's just what happens. Exactly. Well, I, you take what you have, what sells, and just make it work better. Optimize market strategy. Look at what people sell, what they want, and just go nuts with it. Yep. You know what else happened right around that time of the early 90s, late, late 80s, early 90s? Did they get their tagline? Nope. Oh. But it's very iconic. Was there a Macy's Day Parade float of a giant Hershey's Kiss? Uh, no, they did have that, but nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so the year I was born was the first year they ran the Hershey Kiss handbell commercial. Oh, where the Hershey Kisses play? We wish yeah. you a Merry Christmas. Yep, yep, yep. They ran that ad. Okay, every single company has to do it. They have to change something and screw up. Yeah. 1989, they come up with the iconic Hershey Kiss handbell ad singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. That sucker ran for 30 years. Yep. (laughs) Right? 30 years. Last year, 2020. They decide we're going to change it. And there was an absolute uproar yep. of people. So pissed. Yep. There's, there's, a, there's a commercial. You can go look it up. It's called Bells to Blossoms. And that was their new version. Of the classic. Of the uh, classic We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Obviously, it wasn't the same one. They updated it with computer Yeah, but it's the same idea stuff. every it's time. the same idea. Without any major change, like in the actual structure. Like- Here's something I found on the web. According to MarlinsBaseball.com, the graphics basically stay the same, but more detail goes into it, not the generic players. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alexa? Yeah, I set it to computer. Oh, that's right, right, right. I thought it would be funny. And then it's you... more annoying than funny. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're talking on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so they ran that ad for 30 years, and then they decided to change it from to the Bells to Blossoms one, and people were very upset. So now they air both the classic... And the new one? And, and the new one. Some executives, some ad executives got to be like, no, we're keeping my ad. Like, that's what it is, is these people come in, and they're like, no, I know better. Everyone knows, like, the same thing happens in video games. There is such a war right now between the players of WoW and the makers of WoW. And the players are kind of winning. They're basically they telling... Be. They're telling Blizzard, you do not know what is fun about your own game. We do. We're the ones that have been playing it for almost 15 years. Yeah. And for some people like me, over 15 years. Yeah. 
we know what we like. We know what makes it funny. You don't. And then they, these people are like, no, you guys are stupid. Yeah. And then they make a game and it sucks. And the thing is, it's like the most recent expansion. This is a tangent, I know. But the most recent expansion, they come out with these ideas and they put it in their beta test and the beta test is for the most part public. And then these beta testers, which are usually the people who are going to beta test your new content, are the people who've been playing for a long time and are invested. They want the game to be good. They're saying, these are this is needs to be fixed. This needs to be changed. This needs to be changed. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. How much of it did Blizzard implement? Zero. None. Yeah, none. Okay. That was the expansion launched last like a year ago. How much have they changed to what they've said now? Everything. They've started almost all of it. You know why? Because a bunch of a bad press, because Blizzard is a terrible place to work, apparently. <laughs> and two. Their subscription account started dropping because of it. Like me, I haven't been subbed to WoW in a year because I said, this game is not worth my money right now. When it's worth my money, I will sub again. And so they're, and that's what's kind of going on. Yep. But the thing is, is companies don't listen to their, whoever is buying their product. They think that they know. And so that's what I'm saying. Some ad executive is like, this, oh, this commercial sucks. I hate it's this old. commercial. It's old. And you change it and blow it up, and then everyone that liked it got mad at you. It was Bad It's press. a classic. I'm, I'm probably sure anybody that watches television has probably seen ad. some version of it. Yeah. They claim yeah. that there is no such thing as bad press, bad PR. That's not true. Yeah. All, all PR is good PR. Yeah. Especially in the social media age, it is not true. Yeah. There are some things that you do not want your company in the headlines for. Yeah. Well, especially with cancel culture, mm-hmm. it, it, news spreads so fast, it's so easy to, to cancel something. It's so easy for someone to get pissed about something they didn't even know about. Yeah. You know, news spreads so much faster now, so good news spreads fast and bad news spreads fast. Yeah, there's like another complaint with Hershey Kisses. This is the, the broken tops thing. The broken tops from Twitter Do you three years that? ago? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, so... And they tried to cover it up. <laughs> Saying it was, oh, we we it, we purposely did that to make sure it doesn't break later. Yeah, and then and then they came out after, and said like, oh, we take a great pride in our product being exactly right. Shut up. We're gonna look into why why the tops are breaking. Yeah, because at least they tur- they turned around and like yeah, gave us somewhat answer the, the, saying, hey, we're the, gonna the whole it outrage out. is supposed to be Hershey Kisses, and and it's true they used to be far more pointy than they are. Yep. How pointy are yours? Uh, this one's pretty pointy. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. This one is, it's a little stubby, but it's pretty good. Well, like, they were talking about bad. Like, I was, I went and looked at some of the posts from it. And they like, were round. They were just, like, rounded. Like, they were just, like, smack. It's almost as if you took a Hershey Kiss and just, like, smashed it on a desk or something. And it was, like, rounded off. And people were pissed because it didn't look like a kiss anymore. Yep. But Hershey's like tried to back, yeah, more like that. <laughs> I I bit the tip of this one. Yeah, but that's that was, what they look. That's like. what they look like coming out of the wrapper. They were rounded. But the thing is, like they got in, people got in an uproar and they started posting about it on Twitter and it started gaining traction because people were like, well, I don't know, I'm gonna go look at my Hershey kisses and they did and they're like, <laughs> some of them are good and some of them are bad and Hershey was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that just happens now, but. People are particular about the things that they are particular about. Yep. And to pretend that statistics 
are the end all be all will lead your company astray. Yes. Because most people don't care, but the ones who do care are probably going to be very, very vocal on Twitter. Uh, a, a saying that I was told that I absolutely love, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yes. And the squeaky wheel is very, very loud on Twitter. It's very, very loud in the 21st century. Yeah. And it's because it's easy to be. Yep. You don't have to stand outside Hershey and hold up a sign that says, your company sucks. You can just post it on Twitter. <laughs> your kisses don't look like kisses. Your kisses don't look like kisses. Bring back the yeah. tip. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> I see. This is, I'm not a... <laughs> you're not a, I'm not a slogan. A protester? Here. I'm not a protest <laughs> chant. Like, I don't know. But like on Twitter, you can just that go dude like with here. The sign. They're talking about Duba sign. Yeah, that dude's job is to slogans. have pictures of him holding a freaking cardboard sign, saying something stupid on it that is usually divisive in some way. It's great though, and that's his job. They sent him to the Super Bowl to hold up a freaking sign with lemons in it. Yeah. It's great. It's, this guy's awesome. Uh, I mean, it's, I do. I follow him on Instagram because his signs are usually funny. Yep. But that's his whole job. <laughs> like, what the heck? Well, we need to get him on this Hershey Kiss tip problem. There you go. Get some more traction on it. He claimed his most recent one was the subtitle Stay On. I don't agree with that one. Subtitle Stay On? Yeah. We I, I watch TV with subtitles. I can't. On. I, I hate subtitles. it. I hate it. Yeah. They're always on in our house. I just read the subtitles and then I'm not watching the actual actor. And I was like, I don't need subtitles to read this or hear this. It makes me a better reader. Okay, fair. I've improved I'll, my reading skills. I'll give you that. Because of subtitles. I'll give you that. And I get why people do it because the volume's hollow and all this stuff. But like mo most of the time I watch by myself. But I would rather watch the actor than look at the subtitles. Cause I get you there. If they're there, I will look at them. I get you there. And I, and I read ahead. I read ahead and it annoys me. <laughs> or if they get out of sync. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll dig into a Hershey kiss or two. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot to talk about on that nope. front, but we'll do that. <clears throat> Welcome back. Yeah, well, we're back. What Hershey kisses do you have? I just swiped from some mom downstairs. There's uh, some generics. I had to go find a bag. This is the smallest bag I could find. <laughs> it's like nice. massive. So half of these are going in the stocking tomorrow. Nice. Fill it, capped at stockings. So you got just classic milk chocolate. Classic milk chocolate. I might go buy some tomorrow just because I do like them. Okay. Uh, Which I guess it spoils things. Yeah. I was just about to say. Well, I guess if you if you said you're going to go buy some, maybe if you were to pick up Hershey Kisses, what would you go for? See, that's the thing. That's why I said maybe if I go buy some. So, okay, we don't have to taste these. So why don't we just rate them? Well, before we taste them, we will say that the Hershey Kiss is Hershey's original chocolate recipe. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing as their chocolate bar, but it's been that for a long time. Like we said, it's been unchanged. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a different form of delivering their chocolate bar. So it's it's milk chocolate that's not amazing. Yeah. If you've had Hershey's chocolate, you've had a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> yeah. My 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 two second explanation of it is a Hershey kiss or a Hershey's bar is milk of chocolate that will not knock your socks off, but it's not garbage either. 
It's consistent. It's passable, consistent milk chocolate. It's the McDonald's of chocolate. It's not amazing, but but you get what you get. <laughs> McDonald's of chocolate. Hershey's it's is consistent. the McDonald's That's a big of point. chocolate. They're consistent. You go to any McDonald's, you'll get a pretty consistent product. You get a Hershey's, you're going to get a Hershey's chocolate. Okay. On that front, I can also get a milk bar. They're consistent. They're much better chocolate. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> milk is yeah. not the size of Hershey. Yeah, it is. Well, maybe in, in, okay, in Europe, globally, maybe. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, globally, no. We don't okay, really need to that. go too far so into it. So, we don't really need to go into it. I, on the Okay, before we talk about reading, I will talk about on the topic of eating them, though, because we've talked about the source stuff before. How do you eat them? I was actually going to ask you the same question. Okay. How I eat it. Because I have a suspicion we probably do the same thing. Unwrap the kiss. Mm-hmm. Also, do you use the plume to unwrap it? Mm-hmm. That was not a design feature. I figured not. It just it just happens to work out that way. So that's I pulled it. Yeah, whole kiss, unwrapped in the mouth. Yep. Then I bite the tip off, eat the tip, and then <laughs> rub it on the roof of my mouth till the whole thing melts. So I do same same sort of thing, almost slightly different. Whole kiss yep. in the mouth. Flip it upside down. Stick the bottom on the flat roof of my bottom mouth. to the roof of your mouth. And then just go. You sand the tip with your tongue. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it sticks to the roof of my mouth. Yeah. There's literally one. Yeah. There's one on the roof of my mouth, too. Exactly. I usually break the tip off first. I don't. The the tip just melts off on my tongue. Yeah. I usually just nibble the tip off just to get it started. Mm -hmm. And then I let it melt. It's one of the only candies I can actually eat, like. Without biting it? Slowly without chewing it up. I find it really hard to, like, suck on any candy. It's like I always want to just chew it up. Oh, you don't know how to talk like this, do you? Oh, I'm I'm over here slurring like crazy. <laughs> I can That's hear fine. it. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. I I know how to talk like this because I wear a retainer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you learn how to talk with like something stuck to the roof of your mouth. Because if you don't, then your tongue gets run into it and you start talking like yeah. weird. It's like you, you can hear it because you're it it's interrupting your tongue. So you have to slightly adjust. How wide you open your mouth to give your tongue more space. I just, I guess I just don't eat enough Hershey Kisses to learn how to talk <laughs> with a kiss in my mouth. So, roughly the same eating process. I'm sure there's other people that are heathens and just yeah. chew it up. Bite the whole thing or bite part of it and don't put the whole thing in your mouth. Whatever. They're wrong. Yep. Okay. Buy it, eat it, trash it. I kind of spoiled myself on this. Yep. And said I might go buy some tomorrow. The thing is, I would not go buy the generic ones. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of, of Hershey's milk chocolate. Gotcha. It's just not as good, and there's far more uh, better milk chocolates available. Yep. But I might go buy like some cookies and cream ones or the caramel ones. Yep. Yep. So you're not against the flavors. I'm not against the more flavored ones. It's just if I'm going to get milk chocolate, and I've said this before, if I'm going to get milk chocolate. I'm going to get something else. Yeah, you're not going to buy Hershey's if you're going for milk chocolate. No. So I'd say it's a tentative buy it. Depends on if I'm in the mood. Like a milk, a mint one, I'd go buy those. But that's mostly because I like mint, and it's like mint chocolate thing. It's pretty cool. Mint chocolate is great. But they're 100% eat it for me. Okay. Buy it, eat it, trash it. The wrapper goes in the trash. The chocolate goes in my mouth. <laughs> There's the trash <laughs> it. There's the eat it. And uh, the money comes out of the bank account. No, it's it's a somewhat of a buy it, but it's the same thing as, as what you said. I'm not going to buy plain kisses. The only reason I have plain kisses here is because the only three that were on the shelf still 
or plain, dark chocolate, and almond. And you're not a fan of the other two? I don't mind dark or chocolate, as big a fan? but uh, I'm not going to eat all of these, so I wanted to share, and I'm not sure the family would appreciate dark chocolate kisses. So I chose uh, regular, because these are going in the stockings. Um, yeah. But if I was going to buy, I would go for a mint chocolate. I do not like white chocolate, but they're white chocolate peppermint. Those ones are good. I, I oh, I forgot peppermint. about those ones. So that's, those ones are good. That's my go-to. It's more like peppermint bark. And it, yes. I'm not going in expecting it to be a chocolate. It's more like a peppermint bark. There's there's chunks of peppermint in it. So that's what I would go for. If I was going to buy, I would go for like If I were to buy some tomorrow, I'd probably buy the peppermint ones because those things are good. And then you stick them on. Those are good. Cookies. Oh, that's what we didn't talk about. The, the cookie and thing. that's another, I was just about to say, that's another thing. To buy it for? If I did buy it, most likely the reason I would buy it is for sugar cookies with the kiss pressed in the top. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's mm. probably a pretty iconic cookie, at least in America. Yeah. And you can do it, like a lot of people do it, not just with sugar cookies. People do it with like, um, what are the, the um, they're more like a chocolate cookie with the white cover, the crack. Oh, crack cookies? Crack cookies. It's like people what, do it with those. What people typically call them. Yeah. I think they're like technically like a brownie drop yeah. thing or something like they're that. They're crack cookies remember. because they crack on the top. Or that they're addictive. That could be that too. I'm pretty sure it's because they're addictive, but all right. I always thought it was because when you baked them, like the top <laughs> cracked open. <laughs> I mean, it does that on like other cookies too. Yeah, true. You just don't oh, see yeah. it as much because it's not coated in both. white. It could just be a nice happy coincidence. Yeah. So I've always known those as crack cookies. Because people have done those with the um, the crack cookies with um, Hershey. But make them. No, yeah, they've done it with Hershey's, but they um, someone else has done it. Or I've seen people do it with um, for Christmas specifically. Do it instead of just plain chocolate, do it um, red velvet style, which is just dyed chocolate. Yeah. With the candy cane peppermint ones ah. pushed in the top. And then you also have the Reese's brownies. You make a brownie in a muffin tin, and you put a Reese's the the smaller oh, yeah, yeah, round yeah, yeah, individually yep, yep, yep. wrapped Reese's cup in the brownie. Yeah, which is like a cool cupcakeish brownie looking thing. Yeah, it looks like a cupcake. <clears throat> yeah, if I bought Hershey Kisses, it would either be the peppermint for eating, most likely, and the regular for baking. But we haven't baked any cookies like that in a while, so I'm more on the eat it side. Than the buy it side, I I would say that's solid where I'm. I'm more on the uh, eat side than the buy it side. But it's usually around this time of year too. You won't catch Hershey Kisses in my house anytime other than Christmas, even though they're not a holiday candy. Yeah, they're a weirdly a Christmas candy for me. Like even though Mom has them year round, like they're Annabelle's favorite candy is a Hershey Kiss. Like I don't know, just that's her candy, and she Mom has them year round. They're a Christmas candy in my head. <laughs> Yeah, they always have been for me. I don't know if it's because of the the advertisement or what, but I think it might be because one year, mom or dad or both of them together, I'm not sure whose idea it was, filled Leroy's stocking with Hershey Kisses all the way. That the is whole true. Thing. That is true. And yes, I think I that's remember why that. Hershey Kisses are a Christmas candy in my head. Also, it's typically when you see the giant kisses. That's true. Yeah. You get those big box kisses is usually a Christmas time thing. The only time I've ever gotten one of those is the day I got my appendix taken out, which is technically also 9-11. <laughs> oh, 
close to Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's three months before Christmas, dude. Ah, true. <laughs> it's on the Christmas side of the year. Oh, okay. So technically, it's Isaiah's closer to Christmas than close. it is to New Year's. <laughs> yes. By <laughs> eight days. No, because you can't pass Christmas to get to New Year's. You have to go back to New Year's. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Isaiah's birthday is closer to the is closer to Christmas because it's on the Christmas side of the year. Yeah, it's on the Christmas side of the year versus the New Year <laughs> side of the year. You hit a tipping point and you're heading towards Christmas and away from New Year. Okay. <laughs> I think you subscribe to the insane like put your Christmas tree up in October, people. No. Christmas tree does not go up until the day after Thanksgiving. It does not come out of storage until after Thanksgiving. When does it go down? I don't care. It could be up until like the Easter. It doesn't matter to me. But it does not come (laughs) out until after Thanksgiving. (laughs) When it goes away is irrelevant to me. (laughs) All right. Usually it's away before the new year though. Yeah. But I could care less. I couldn't. I couldn't care less. That's how. That's kind of how Amanda rules. She kind of like, I don't know when she specifically sets it up. It's usually right after Thanksgiving. I'm not usually like the day after, but it's usually right after. The day on Christmas, though, that thing's gone. Yeah. By Boxing Day. Nope. No more Christmas tree. Yeah. That don't matter to me. Well, that's where the, did you ever hear the story of me chucking Christmas trees? You? Yeah. Chucking Christmas trees? Have you ever heard this story? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to tell this story to, to wrap up the podcast. Okay. Even though, okay, this will come out after Christmas, but here's the Christmas story about Christmas trees. When Amanda and Jamin moved back up from Georgia, mm-hmm. they lived in a townhouse. They lived in the townhouses that they, the first level is a ways above the ground on the back end. Yep. And there's this slider there that looked like it would go out onto a, like a little like porch like not porch, but like a little patio thing that's elevated. Like a little balcony sort of thing. But they don't have them. Some of them don't have them, and they got rid of all of them now. But it had this little tiny, like, useless balcony. Yep. Because no one's going to go out there. So Amanda used to set up her Christmas tree right next to it. And then they'd set up the Christmas tree. And for a long time, they used real trees. So she said, that's part of why her, like, Christmas tree's going right now. Because it's old and needles are falling and whatever she gets pissed sick of it so she set up the christmas tree and then she christmas day we're getting rid of it and we do christmas there so the first time we did christmas there that tree is coming out easiest way to get rid of it was open that slider door and chuck it <laughs> <laughs> so i did so yes we took all the stuff off of it and i was like i chucked it and isaiah thought it was the funniest thing he was like two he sees me chuck this christmas tree and then for the next few years, until they built their house, it became a tradition for me to chuck the Christmas tree off the back. And Isaiah kept getting older and older and thought it was the coolest thing. To the point where the final year they were there, they set up the Christmas tree. They get it all set up and decorated. And Isaiah looks at Amanda and says, so, can we chuck it off the balcony now? <laughs> <laughs> they had just put the thing up and he wants to chuck it off the balcony. <laughs> so that is my story of me trying to hurl Christmas trees across basically like a little driveway on the backside to get it into the woods 
And I don't think I ever quite made it because trees are not aerodynamic and they don't go very far. Yeah, that's good. And I couldn't really get a running start because Amanda would not appreciate me running through her living through her dining room with the Christmas tree. <laughs> so chucking Christmas trees off the porch runs in the family, huh? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> you did that? No, but great great grandpa did that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. as we alluded to in the beginning of the episode, I'll probably end up recording that and putting it out as a special. All right. Coming up on one hour. Yeah. So, we're going to call this one done. Call season one done. Yeah. First year. Last episode of the year. And we'll start season two. Thanks for everyone that's been listening through the year. I did get my recap. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, five people listened to us out of all the podcasts the most like we were their top podcast five people on spotify i wonder if one of those is mom i don't know but i thought that was kind of cool yeah that is kind of cool i mean not everyone's podcast listener but hey we're number one for some people for five people that's it some (laughs) yeah for five people well thank you those five people the rest of you yeah come on no Thank you. We do really appreciate it. You got plenty of backlog. <laughs> we do appreciate it. We just do it for fun. So, yeah, this is fun. Okay, question. Yeah. Are we announcing the first episode of season two or are we going to surprise everybody? Let's do a surprise. Let's do a surprise. Okay. We will surprise everybody with the first two episodes that are kind of hand in hand. Yep. In season two of the Hard Crack Podcast, starting next year in February. Yep. We're going to take January off, and we're going to rock season two off. With a double, what do we call it? A special? A I don't know. Are we going to do back? both? Are we going to do both? I think we... They're, they're linked, but I think we should do two episodes. I think we should do two, two episodes, episodes, but... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure that out. Yeah. Come back next month, and we'll figure that all out. Yeah. As we said, thanks for all the support this year, and uh, we'll see you again next year. Yeah. Have a great holiday. Have a good new year. Bye-bye. Later. Tater. (laughs) Tot.